want to share with you a quote from Dr. Seuss. He said, those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mindset Go. In this episode, I sat down with my good friend, wellness guru, and just an overall cool guy, Courtney. And we talk about everything from the British foster care system to having the right mindset when dealing with adversity in life, all the way to what books he's reading and he enjoys reading at the moment. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And without further ado, here it is. Hello, hello, Courtney. How are you? Not too bad, my bro. How are you doing? I'm great, man. I'm great. Really, really excited to have this conversation with you. Um, man, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit scary. I'm not going to lie. But um, very exciting at the same time. How are you feeling this morning? Not too bad, you know? Like, I'm feeling fresh in the morning. It's a bit cold outside, but that's what you got to expect with winter in England, right? Or at least yeah. the beginning of That's right. And and well, are you more of a morning person than you'd say? I I would say that yeah, I'm more creative in the morning, and I prefer the morning just because of the fact that when you wake up in the morning, the day seems to go by longer. It seems like you have more time. That's right. Yeah, I agree with you. So do you? you like for me, most of my work. I'd, I'd say my productivity, most of it is done in the morning. Although recently with the lockdown, I've kind of had to be a bit more adaptable. Um, yeah. Because, you know, because just because, you know, there's nothing really open in the morning because I had the whole gym routine in the morning. Um, but now with having so much more time in the evening, I, I feel like I've been um, as productive in the evening. But generally, I'm more of a morning person. Do you feel you get more things done in the morning than in the evening? It it depends. So I feel recently I haven't, but before I used to. So before lockdown, I used to. Um, and now my attention span has seemed to dwindle. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. It's tough, isn't it? Like I, I feel like it's it's because it's such a new challenge. The lockdown, you you really have to you know just adapt real quick. It really is like no one in our generation or even the generation before has experienced mm. something as drastic. Yeah. As this. yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and what what's like the the main takeaway that you got from from you know, both these lockdowns? You know, the main takeaway I feel is the, how do you say it? It's like being grateful for what you have. Yeah. Because when you have something taken away from you that you're used to having, you notice it. But when you have it originally, you don't notice it. I could give you an example. About 10 years ago, one of my friends broke his legs and he didn't realize how much legs were a luxury until he broke them. But then when they were yeah. taken away from him, all he wanted to do was walk. But you don't think about that when you don't have that taken away from you. Mm, it's all you the, think about when you do have it taken away from you. Quite the opposite, isn't it? You're almost like, oh, I don't want to walk there. I don't want to do that. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, right, man, that's that's good stuff. So uh, I got a I got a I got a few questions or quite a few questions I want to ask you. Um, ask again, away. Yeah, really excited to just pick your brain, have this intellectual conversation. Um, and again, it's my first time kind of interviewing. Um, you know, I don't know. Have you have you kind of been interviewed before? Um, a couple of times, not too many times, though. But before you start, I just want to say that I'm honored to be on here, bro. You know, it's like we've known each other for a few years now. But I remember we came back into contact sort of after I finished university when we were starting playing basketball again, man. Yeah, out the blue. Noticing, yeah, man. But noticing that we had like the same sort of mindset as well, or at least a similar mindset in terms of growing and improving. It's just, it's an honor to be on here, bro. Bro, that means a lot. Thank you so much, man. I really respect you. Um, yeah, let's get to it, man. All right, so um, let's talk basketball real quick. So Lakers have just won the 2020 NBA championship. Um, so a couple questions here. Who do you have next season taking it, winning it all, and what team are you most excited to watch? You know, it's crazy because a lot of the changes haven't been made. A lot of the trades haven't been coming through yet. But we've been hearing some crazy things like James Harden might go to the Nets, right? Mm, yeah. Can, can I, you imagine that? James Harden, Kyrie. Uh, but the thing is, he rejected a 50, what, 50 million a year contract mm. from Houston, from the mm. tax efficient state of uh texas yeah no no tax there as well yeah exactly yeah. you know i don't know what goes double, like it's like you get 50 million there as opposed to 50 million somewhere else like like um new york or brooklyn uh that's like double the money because there's no tax on it so exactly it's it's disgusting money but you know what i want to say that it will be the lakers again and perhaps I'm a little bit biased just because I'm a Lakers fan. It's not even that I'm a LeBron fan, I'm a Lakers fan. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure how I feel about the moves that we've made. like getting rid of Rondo, adding... Mm. I can understand why to add Marcus Gasol and uh, Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell for if we want to play small ball, Marcus Gasol being that traditional centre. However, mm. they both can be liabilities. So could Javelle and Dwight at times, but I don't know. There was something about the nucleus that we had. At yeah, we, we got KCP back, and Dennis Schroeder got signed as well. Yeah. Um, and he was running up with two Montrez on the sixth man. So, um, you know, they got the scoring, that's for sure. Can the defense keep it up? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is small. Like, he's not a defensive menace like Rondo was, especially when Rondo mm. was in the playoffs. But he's probably Playoff, one of the quickest guards in the league. Mm-hmm. And what, what team would you say you're most excited to watch this coming season? There's a lot out there, you know, a lot of young stars emerging. Um, yeah, a lot of teams. You know what? I want to say I'm most excited to watch... Okay. I would say Denver, just because of what they did last year. It was so, it was crazy. I want to see if they can come with that same energy and keep that consistency up. But I'd be silly to say that I'm not excited to watch um, Brooklyn Nets with KD coming back, Kyrie. Yeah. Seeing how them two will gel is, it's more 
I don't know, more curious than exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're both, you know, that need the ball in their hands, scores. Mm. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That that's gonna be a fun team to watch. I I, I got my. I think they'll make it to the finals. To be fair, you think? You know, barring. I think so. I think so. Bar because they do have a good team around them as well. They got Dinwiddie there, Dinwiddie. Um, they got obviously DeAndre Jordan, who's a vet. Um, Jared Allen. They got some good pieces. You know, some real good pieces. I don't rate DJ. You know, DeAndre Jordan. But the thing is, he's a vet. You know, at this, I think, I think to to go to the finals, you look at teams that go to the finals. You need that veteran presence. Um, you know what I'm saying? So he, you know, he, that's what he does. Cause Jared Allen, as good as he is, as good as he is at a, at such a young age, I feel like, you know, you get to the playoffs, things start to get, uh, you know, it's a bit more tough. Like there's a, it's a real, a lot more physical and DeAndre Jordan's, you know, he's seen that. So I feel like he can, um, not only, you know, play through it, but guide the younger guys like Allen through it. I understand that, but he hasn't won a chip, has he? No. So when you play for the Clippers, bro, no, no one no, no, <laughs> for the Clippers. That's so true. Uh, all right, man. Uh, let's get let's get moving on now. So I want to I want to talk to you about um about you know uh well we'll start with with um because before we we talked about this before we um. When we were talking about this, doing this, I asked you what you know, what you knew about, and um, what I want to ask you. And you said you you knew about the British foster care system, so I want to ask you. Uh, so my first question is, can you tell us about the foster care system? I don't think this is really a topic that is talked about, um, so it'd be good to get your point of view on it. You know what? It's interesting because I'm definitely someone who thinks that the a foster care system is needed. I'm just also someone who thinks that the foster care system just needs to change. Mm. When I see it, I see so many families ruined, but I also see so many families saved. It just seems like a flip of the coin to me. And I can... Un- and how, how can you... Can you? Sorry, and um, what do you mean ruined? So ruined in a way that... Um, the government is coming in and telling you that you can't raise your children or you can't raise your children Mm. to our standards. Now, that's, I don't know, that's something that's very difficult because especially if you come from a different culture, the way children are raised in one culture is completely different to the way children are raised in another culture. And this is more... This is more um, frequent with poorer households or lower class, middle class, not necessarily middle class household, but working class households. Even though you would take the same situation with the same children being in a middle class household and they're raised in the exact same way, you wouldn't see the you wouldn't see the government really coming in and saying you can't raise your children a certain way. So I definitely think it needs to be there just in case people are actually in danger or children are actually in danger or a parent is physically not able to raise their children. 
However, I feel it needs to be more of a support system rather than a we're going to take your children away sort of system. So that's one of the ways that they can improve, that you're saying that they can improve the system is, is help the parents out more, for example. A hundred percent. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. And um, uh, how do you think the British foster care system has shaped you as an individual? So, um, so for me, maybe I should start off by saying my experience. So, I went into foster care when I was really young and then came back out. Um, And then again, I went into foster care maybe when I was about eight or nine and then came back out. Again, it was probably for less than a month both times. I don't remember the first time. I remember the second time pretty clearly, though. I remember um, the social services coming to take us away and them saying, don't worry, you'll be back home by the weekends. Them times, I'm there excited for the weekend to come. I'm there excited for the next week to come. I'm like, okay, okay, we're going to be back home. Okay, okay, we're going to be back home. And mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't good at all. Like, the fact that we ended up going from place to place to place, um, my brothers and I ended up getting split up so I ended up going into a completely different foster place with um, some like random people Um, and I remember a message clearly from one of the kids that uh, used to play around the area so I told him just because I'm not going to be here long they said that they're going to pick me up in in um, a couple of days or something like that and then he just said something. Maybe it was a joke. I don't know. But he said something that stuck with me for a bit. And he was like, oh, that's what they said to the last child. And he was there for like a long time or something like that. Them times that I'm a child, I- I'm I'm now petrified. I'm going to bed crying because I want to be back home yeah. with my family. Sure. Luckily, I ended up did getting picked up by my grandma and then um, getting taken in by my dad and staying with my dad for the majority of my um, sort of growing up into manhood, let's say. The trouble is, is that I ended up only getting to see my my siblings once every two months. Once every two months for two hours. Now, can you imagine that? Going from living with your siblings to seeing them once every two months for two hours. And whose fault is that? Or is there anyone to blame here? So, I'd, I wouldn't say that there's anyone really to blame. I would just say that the social services could definitely have done better. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, how has that shaped me? So, that's shaped me in a way that now I'm big on family. I love my family. I love my family so much. Like, yeah, I'm trying to make up for lost time and that doesn't you can't really do that but I I try all the time like especially my siblings my siblings are my heart and soul I I love them so much I want nothing but the best for them I always want to be there to support them whenever they're in a struggle I'm always there I'm trying to be always there I'm also I take it your siblings now 
your siblings now they they've um gone through the whole social services yeah. um and foster care system and they they've come out just like you've come out um as, as well so yeah no so they've come out great and it's only a few of us who have been in the foster care system i haven't been in the foster care system the longest in fact out of my siblings who have been in the system i think i've been in it the shortest um so i definitely have a completely different perspective than they would um because yeah no it's just it's and what's your what's the difference from your experience with the social services and with the foster care system more specifically the way they handled it so the way the social services handled it for you and you know your siblings experience with it so my siblings had a different experience because they lived it more so not for for weeks months but for years um wow so again when you take a child away from the family especially when they're growing up it's it's never never good never easy as well for both the parents and the children um however if you are taken away from your family you have to be going into a good home a stable home a home that really wants you not just a home that wants to get paid for having a child so I would say that at times my siblings were lucky at times they weren't in terms of getting taken into a good place so the main thing is love, right? You wanna, you wanna like with with kids growing up, you you wanna shower them with love, hundred percent. Obviously, give them everything else they need. So, you know, that's the main thing in a house in a household. If you, could, you know, as for social services to get the kids into, hundred percent. You don't want to be seen as any different. You just want to be seen as um, part of the furniture, part of the family. And if you're seen as something different, then you're reminded of that every single day especially when you can't see your family. Yeah. Wow, man. Um, amazing. And, and uh, what's the, I want to ask you, what's the three key things you've learned that's helped you most? Not necessarily just with, you know, this experience, but um, on, a, on a broader view as well. Um, but the three key things that's helped you the most um, in, in, I, I want to say in life, but more generally like, you know, with your experience specifically? So I would say the three key things, compassion, perspective, patience. It's important to be compassionate. Like you have to understand that not everyone goes through the same experience as you. And that comes into sort of perspective as well. Realize that our parents live different lives to us. It may not have been easier, it may not have been harder, it was different and when they do things for us they're doing it out of love they're doing it out of what they see the best things to do and that's just a that's just an easier example that almost anyone can relate to when i don't know maybe a, a parent is pushing a child to go to law school or go to become an accountant and that's because that's what they knew that's what they saw growing up like lawyers earn a lot of money accountants earn a lot of money it may not be the same 10 20 30 years down the line 
but understanding their perspective is important. Patience as well, because of the fact that when you're learning, when you're teaching, when you're doing anything like that, you need to have patience. You need to understand that things aren't going to come immediately. Um, the best example I have is when people go to the gym. You can't expect to um, go to the gym, work hard for one day, work hard for one week, go to the gym for 10 hours just each day for that one week right. and expect to become come out of the gym like super warm, super fit, super strong. No, it's, yeah. it's patience. It's a patience game. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And it's something you, you really kind of, you got to enjoy it as well, isn't it? Wouldn't you say? 100%. 100%. You can't, yeah, yeah. you can't do something consistently for a long time, feel happy about it. Something you don't enjoy. Definitely not. Yeah, man. That's, that's beautiful. Compassion, perspective, and patience. Mm. Really, really like that. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. And um, all right, moving on um, from this topic a little bit uh, more into the, the mindset. Um, topic here and you know self-help everything uh what do you apply everything you read into your life so yes and no yes and no um and when I say yes and no I don't mean that I read something that I don't agree with and then I I don't apply it I mean the things that I do agree with yes and no I always try so I always try to apply a lot of things to my daily life. So, for example, um, I believe in the four-hour work week, they yeah. mentioned something just small, just l not staring at a stranger, but making eye contact with a stranger just to become more confident because people are usually afraid yeah. of making eye contact, especially in major cities. So that's something. Yeah, I I, rem I I remember that, and he said as well, like he, um, there was something in the book about going to, uh, like getting a girl's number, isn't it? Like, oh, just practice it to just to you don't necessarily have to call them, but just practice it so you don't feel shy when you speak to girls. Exactly. I mean, and yeah. it's that doesn't only apply speaking to girls, but I think for young, well, young people especially, like. If they're applying that, sort of getting that confidence in speaking to women and speaking to them in a, I don't know, a normal manner, not being so strange about it, that confidence mm. is, is shown. And I think through that, you become more attractive as well. You become more attractive when you're more confident, not only to women, but to people who see you in general. That is a trait. That is a, definitely a trait that um, that really, I feel like even when you don't know what it is you're talking about, but you say it confidently, people will just look like, wow, you know, he's he really knows what he's on about. But in reality, you're just, you know, you just say things confidently and you just kind of like, you make it work. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the what's the, when you read something, um, what holds you back from applying it into your life? Like, you know, like this is something that will be very beneficial for me. Um, I'm going to start doing it. You may do it for a week or two, and then it just kind of, you know, you just it stops, you forget about it. Uh, why? Why does that happen? 
Um, I would probably say a couple of things. Maybe one, I'm afraid. I'm afraid maybe of the result or of the process. And that's, that's big. A lot of people self-sabotage when they're afraid. Um, two, it could be because I haven't properly formed that habit. And three, it could be because I just don't see it working or I don't see it being useful. And that, again, comes with patience as well. If I don't see it working, it could be hard to continue, even though it may not work for a month or two months or three months, and I may only be doing it for a week. Or it may not work for a year, and I may only be doing it for three months. Mm. So... Yeah, that, that pay patience is the important one there isn't it 100 percent. i think patience is yeah, important yeah. for it um yeah no 100 percent. especially with these things you you know you i'm reading at the moment um the monk who sold his ferrari and in the book um the the julian mantle the the guy that's you know kind of giving the wisdom over to an ex-colleague he he says that you you try this for a month and and then you'll see the results right um but then i'm thinking if you what if what if you don't right what if you don't does that just mean it doesn't work for you specifically or do you just need to have a little bit more patience because everyone's different right everyone you know we're not all made the same so what could work for me in one month will probably work for you in three months for example um so patience is number one and um and just moving on to the the next question here uh, you know, when you're researching on, on to a little bit, oh, before that, uh, can you recommend a book for our listeners? What, what, what can you recommend here? You know, it's what? like the one book or maybe a few, I don't know, you know, give us a little, a little something. I'll recommend three. One, which I previously mentioned the four hour work week, um, yeah. the seven, no, actually, no, not that one. The four hour work week, thinking fast and slow, the power of habits. So I have actually read those. You've read all three, and I, and I can, yeah, and I can confirm they are they are they are very good. Um, actually, tell a lie, Courtney. I started the four hour work week, and in the book, he said that you shouldn't read a book if you're not gonna apply the principles to your life. Mm. He was like, you know, what's the point? You're just wasting your own time. Um, so I put it down because at at this point in my life, I'm not really. I'm not really focused on, you know, having a four hour work week. Um, so I, I have, I have put it down, but the other two, and I, you know, I eventually hope to pick it up, but the other two, um, yeah, thinking fast and slow, that was a gift. I read it about a year ago. Um, very good book. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good book about sort of teaching you how your brain can your two systems in your brain can play a big part on your sort of beliefs, how you answer things, how you, how you think about things. And no, it's definitely a good book. I'd recommend it for anyone. And do, do you remember just quickly the, the story, the, the thing, the, the, the one story from that book that stands out most uh, for me was the one where they did the experiment in the ice water. And they put, you know, uh, uh, both people's, they put a person's right hand in for 60 seconds, and then they put the same person's left hand in for 90 seconds. 
But then uh, the last 30 seconds on that 90 seconds, they actually turned. Um, so the temperature was the same for the ice water the first 60 seconds. But then they turned the, the temperature up or down. So it got colder the last 30 seconds. Um, and then they asked, you know, after, you know, letting their hands get back to regular temperature, they asked them, you know, which one do you want to do again? Um, the, the 90 second experiment or the 60 second experiment. Um, and my apologies, I explained it wrong. They, they turned the temperature um, to warmer for the 90 seconds. And then they asked the participants, which one do you want to do again? Uh, the 60 second one or the 90 second one. And the majority of them, the, the vast majority, over 80%, if my memory serves me right, wanted to do the 90 second one because they, they associate the, the latest memory. Yeah. So they associate the fact that it was warmer um, even though you're still, you know, in the same amount of the cold, you're still 60 seconds in the same amount of cold, and then only 30 seconds of a little bit less cold, but they associate the whole experience being less cold because it ended less cold. Yeah. And, I mean, that's not just an experiment with ice water. That's an experiment with, uh, I mean, that's what people t uh, tend to do. They usually, um, how to say, they usually tend to remember the latest thing mm -hmm. so so right if you had a an awful experience or if you left on a on a sour note no matter how good perfect example relationships you could be in a great relationship for five years but if you leave on a sour note that's going to have a sour taste in your mouth mm. no matter how good so amazing beautiful those five years are leaving on that sour note is going to have a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. So right. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, and um, moving on to about uh, more business uh, right here. I, you know, during this lockdown, during these, both of these lockdowns, there's been a lot of people. I know some of my friends um, in particular starting businesses, right? Um, because you know people have been on furloughed, unemployed, um, unfortunately, all that, all, all that. Um, so, uh, so for starting a business, um, you know, you said you got you you got some knowledge there with Excel and all that. Um, so, my first question to you, uh, when researching a particular subject, you know, saying maybe you want to start a business, but you don't, you know, really know the subject, or you don't really know marketing, you don't really know business. Um, but when researching a particular subject, where do you know where to start? Where do you look? Yeah. Um, well, I guess I think that depends on the specific subject. I would say the three main things, probably internet books and network, but also learn by doing. So I've done some marketing, for example, and I had no idea what I was doing when I first started. But after you see some results, how some key metrics affect um, your marketing campaigns, you realize what you need to tweak. You realize what you need to work on, and it gets better and better. I would also say using the Pareto Principle. And now for people who don't know what that is, the Pareto Principle is you have the 80-20 principle. What 20% of the work can you do that yields 80% of the results? And you see this everywhere in life. What's the 20% of um, work you could do to get 
the 80% of sales? What's the 20% of customers that are bringing in the 80% of sales? What are the the 20% of customers that are bringing in 80% of the complaints? Um, And then just getting more efficient with that. So the... I can tell you an example, and it's not to do with business, but it is to do with learning. I've taken up a challenge to not learn languages, but at least learn some phrases in some languages um, before I before my next birthday. And now, when you start learning it in school, you start learning the conjugations, you start learning the the sort of sentence structure, you start learning everything like that. You learn the rules, you learn your grammar. And then you start building sentences. For me, the most important thing is to get speaking because that's the that's what language is. It's about communication. So sure. I start learning phrases. So phrases that you're learning in an everyday life. For example, hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm bad. Where is the toilet? How's the weather? Something that you would use in the everyday life. So when you meet someone from the culture or someone who speaks that language, you're able to practice it almost instantly. And it's something that will stick into your mind. Now, bringing that back to business, you need to essentially learn some things that are going to stick with the business. You're going to need to learn some things that will help you um, grow the business, help you build the business, and depending on what you're doing, help you scale the business as well. Um, so maybe marketing is that thing. Maybe marketing is going to be the 20% of effort that's going to bring in 80% of your sales. And it probably is with most businesses. It tends to be because you need to put your businesses or your business in front of the right people. And you can't really do that without marketing. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, brilliant. And, uh, marketing. I, I just finished an audio book on um, the one page marketing plan. Uh, my first audio book, actually. And uh, yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, listen, very interesting. Because um, I, I never really knew what marketing even was. Um, so just to, just to, you know, get that information is helpful, you know. And when I start applying it, if and when I set up a business, um, yeah, it'd be, a, you know, I think that'd be a, a great help already. Um so so great. I mean, we got internet, books, network. Um, you know, uh, improving on things like you said through the networks when you're going to different networking event, and then applying the Pareto's principle uh, into into what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's brilliant. And if you're starting your own business, what key skills? I know, I know. Um, obviously, we play basketball together, so I know. You're, you're a bit of a wizard on Excel, uh, but what key skills, um, you know, w- whether that's Excel or whether that's, you know, even social media skills, but what key skills when you're starting your own business do you need, do you think it's the most important to have? So that's very interesting, you know, um, and I think it really depends on the business that you're working on. Um, I wouldn't say a key skill but maybe a key trait and that is consistency you need to always be consistent no matter what you're doing and it goes it it goes with everything 
Like you can't expect to brush your teeth for two hours one time and expect them to be sparkling, I mean, what, sparkling white um, if you don't brush it again yeah. for the next month. It, it doesn't work like that. You need to do it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, bit by bit, bit by bit. And then you start to see results. Maybe you start to see results in a year or two years. But consistency mm. and the persistence with it is the most important thing. So no matter what it is, you can you can do well at it if you're consistent and persistent with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, brilliant. And, and, and then with your skills, more specifically with Excel, do you think they've helped you um, in your business ventures and, and just in your everyday life? <laughs> yeah. So I've used Excel. I've used other sort of business intelligence tools. Um, and I've structured, I've structured myself in a way that I could use them more often. So I used to do my own bookkeeping. I used to um, fill out Excel sheets with receipts. Then I realized that wasn't very time efficient for me. So now what I do is I get my bank statements. Um, I I look at my investment portfolio. I put that all in business intelligence tools just to sort of understand where I'm spending um, the majority of my income, where the money goes, where it's coming out. And I think it's that's an important thing as well to know your finances and excel or at least business intelligence tools, writing things down on spreadsheets, organizing your data that way has helped me a lot. Now, it doesn't have to be Excel for some people. It could be any specific tool, but that's helped me. uh, It's helped me to organize my, any ventures that I go on. So whether it's marketing campaigns, whether it's um, different investment strategies, whether anything, it's helped me organize a lot of finance, a lot of, numbers and just kind of have more control over your life exactly right yeah because that's that's what that's what it's that's the main thing right you you just want to be in control um especially you know especially of the most important thing you own your life um and all right so moving on just a tad um slightly anyway where are you now versus where you were five ten years ago huh well, man, you you knew me five, ten years ago. So, mm, I mean, yeah. let's start with ten years ago. Ten years ago is crazy to think, but I was actually in high school. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. I was finishing my GCSEs. I don't even know. Ten years ago, I don't even know if I knew what university was. I didn't know the direction yeah. that my life was going in. I, I was... I was just raw talent. That's what I would say. Raw talent in terms of I was always talented at maths and I had that skill. Ten years ago, I didn't put in a lot of effort to many things, whether it was sports, whether it was theater, whether it was education. I just did things because I was passionate about it. Um, So that's changed Five years ago, I started to put in efforts. I started to 
work for things. So for example, I was at university five years ago and I was studying and that's not something that I did 10 years ago. So I was putting in that effort, even though it was something that I didn't enjoy. Like, I don't think people usually enjoy studying late at night, getting ready, doing, um, doing lab reports, doing essays, things like that. I don't know if that's something that people enjoy. I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed the degree um, in total. Go on, tell me, sorry. I thought you said something, sorry. No. So, yeah, no, I enjoyed the degree in total. I would say now I've become more more tailored now i still i still have a branch of things that i want to do but i'm more self-aware of things that i will do and things that i won't do so i've tried a lot of different things and i think that's that's important to do life is like a a buffet or life is like a box of chocolates i don't want to quote forrest gump but yeah, <laughs> but you need to try different things before you know what you like, and yeah. you may not even then, know what you like. You may just find out what you don't like, and that's still important. That's incredibly important. My, Go on, tell me. Yeah, my ho- my housemate says this all the time. He says, um, he says you 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 become like your your personality and the and the kind of person you're gonna be is is pretty much set in stone by the time you're 25. Um, so you know, like you said, five years ago when you were still at uni, you were still trying to figure out who that is. Would you say you're, you know, you're kind of like set in stone? Are you happy with who you are? Am I happy with who I am? And am I set in stone? I think those are two questions. I'm happy with mm-hmm. who I am. Yeah, I'm confident in who I am. I'm, yeah, 100% happy with who I am. Am I set in stone? Never. I'm never set in stone. The reason being is because I know things can change so quickly. I understand that things can change so quickly. And I don't think anyone should be set in stone, whether it's with their beliefs, whether it's who they are. Because sometimes you need to change, you need to adapt, and you need to understand that you're not always right. And... I think that's a an important thing, an important growth lesson, to admit where you're wrong, to admit your shortcomings. And that's also about self-awareness as well. A lot of people will yeah. study a subject for a week or two weeks and then think they know the entire subject. But when you start to study a subject for a year, two years, three years, you realize that the subject that you thought you knew, you don't know much about at all. it's just what you said about going to those networking events earlier and improving on yourself you know it's always even in your life it's always good always obviously always good to keep improving on yourself keep learning keep adapting like you said and just keep growing right have that right mindset to to keep growing 100 percent. i completely agree Hmm. and how how is your mindset you know, the, the the podcast is about mindset, setting goals. Um, how is your mindset? I would say my mindset is good in the sense that I don't let a lot of people sway me in terms of things that I need to do. Um, 
So when people have specific opinions, be them negative, be them positive, I don't let them affect me too much because I know that they're not sort of running my race, so to say. I would... And don't you feel as a lot of the time it's it's so biased? Don't you think you act like, oh, should I have chocolate or strawberry? And then people, instead of just saying chocolate, they'd be like, oh, man, you don't want strawberry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like it's very biased. Exactly. That's so true, man. Like they're always putting things into their perspective. And that's the natural thing to do. You, When you don't know something, you try to relate it to something similar or something that you do know. Um, but... Also, I would say I'm a pretty positive person. I tend to have a positive outlook in life, and that's that's helped me. Um, I would say it's helped me become who I am today. I'm not someone who goes around with a, a frown on my face. I'm usually upbeat, cheerful. Um, yeah, you are. And yeah. So, how would I say my mindset is? I would say my mindset is good. It's strong. It could be better though. It can always be better. But you got room for improvement. No one's perfect. It's always good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, there you go. No one is perfect. That's, that. you know, surely no one is perfect. Um, what can you tell me? Because I know you used to teach. You used to teach. Um, you had a class back in university um, that used to teach, uh, you know, self-development. Um, so what can you teach me? Uh, or what can you tell me, sorry, from those teaching days about how to keep going? So that's important. So how to keep going, just remember what you're doing it for as well. Because in tough times, you're not going to, you're not going to say, oh, I'm doing this because I want to make money. You're not going to say I'm doing this because I want to be famous. You're not going to say any of those things. You need to remember your why, essentially, like why you're doing that. And it's usually for a cause. It's usually for a purpose that people are doing something for. And understanding what's your goal of it. When things get tough, what's your goal? Now, things shouldn't be tough 90% of the time, 80% of the time. Things should probably be tough maybe less than 50% of the time. The reason why I say that is because you need to be passionate about what you're doing. If you're not passionate about what you're doing, it doesn't matter how much time you spend on it, you're not going to do well at it. I mean, you, you may do well, but you won't, do, you won't be the best at it. And it won't be healthy for you as well. So be passionate about something and focus on, the, focus on having a great journey on that as well. I feel like a lot of the times um, you'll go to university for a subject that you know that you pick you pick the subject out you know in your late teens and then you you know you study university three years um, and then you come out and then you know you feel like this is what you have to do because you spent three years of your life doing it but like you said you know um, listen to your passion because it'll lead you in the right direction and if you're not feeling you know, what you particularly studied, for example, then you should really listen to yourself and not just do it because you've invested that time already into it. No, I couldn't have said that better myself. No, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What pitfalls? Uh, Just a few more questions here uh, before we finish up. So what pitfalls have you seen from the people that 
have held them back? Um, that have you, have you seen from people that have held them back? And how can they overcome that? You know, um, in, in relating to, you know, maybe the students that you taught, but also, you know, just generally in life, you know, family and friends. So the biggest pitfalls that I usually see people falling into is caring so much what so many people think. So there's a quote, I can't remember who it's by, but it goes like this. People buy things that they don't really need to impress people that they don't really know um, with money that they don't really have. And that's because they're too busy thinking about what other people are thinking. They're too busy keeping up with the Joneses. And that's an extremely awful pitfall to fall in and sometimes you don't realize it whether it's materialistic things whether it's experiences sometimes people are traveling just because everyone else is traveling sometimes people are getting Balenciagas or Gucci just because everyone else is getting it you have to understand what you want not what other people want and I think it starts by not really caring what a stranger uh, uh, says about you and I spoke with this uh, to one of my friends the other day actually it starts with not having that stranger's opinion have any effect over you because yeah. the stranger is probably going to see you what for maybe max an hour if you're on a train or something like that on your regular commute yeah. let's say they yeah. don't like the look of you that's their problem the reason why it's their problem is because you can't really change how you look and so you shouldn't change how you look. It's their problem that they're going to have to live with for that hour. You shouldn't let that affect you. But then coming deeper than that, you then have to realize that sometimes your family are going to say some things to you. And although your family are saying it because they love you, you can't really have that affect you as well now this is the deeper thing this is this is real deep like that's hard to not have something that yeah. let's say your mom says affects you or something that your brother or your cousin says that affects you because they're your family close, exactly yeah. that's close yeah. but if they're telling you something whatever it may be and it completely it completely just goes against what you believe that's going to affect you bad if you let it. So if you're confident in yourself, then it's not going to affect you too much. But it all starts with having someone else's, some stranger's opinion, like have no impact on you. And yeah, I would say start with that. Start with having a stranger's opinion have no impact on you. Yeah, and 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 that and that that quote that you referenced, I think it was Will Smith, but I've seen a lot of, um, I don't know if he was necessarily the first one that's seen it, but I've seen it up, um, on the internet with him, um, being the quote. But then there's that other quote: "Those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind." Um, uh, you know, a lot of. Bro, how can they repeat that quote again? That is deep on another level. Sorry, what was that? Can you repeat it? Yeah. Hello. Repeat that. Yeah, no. Repeat that quote again. That was deep on another level. Um, and and and. 
Hello. Hi, hi, hi. Little connection Hello? issue, but it's all good now, hopefully. Can you hear me? I, I can, yeah, I'm with you. Awesome. Um and and how can they overcome uh you know caring about other people's opinions, Courtney? How can people overcome that? Just realize that people aren't living your life. You're living your life. Like, no matter who it is, you have to do it for the rest of your life. No one else has to do it for the rest of your life because it's you. And you can't be the... You can't be anyone else, really, because otherwise who's going to be you, essentially? Yeah, just realize it's your life. You're the one who's living it. So anything you do, you're going to have to live with the re results, whether it's consequences, whether it's rewards. Now, surely you would want to have control over that. Surely you'd want to be the one who puts that wager in. You wouldn't have anyone bet all your money for you. You wouldn't have anyone bet most of your money for you on something that you have no idea about. And it's the same thing with your life. Don't let someone take that gamble for you. You're the one who's yeah. taking the gamble. You're the one who's taking the risk with everything you do, whether it's starting a business, whether it's uh, going, moving to a new country. You're the one who's making that risk. You're the one who's going to see the rewards. You're going to, the one who's going to see the consequences if anything happens. Now, if someone tells you to do something and you get consequences from that, the only person you can really blame is yourself. It's because you're the one who chose to do it. Yeah. So, and equally, if someone tells you something and you get rewards from it, you can show them, definitely show them love, show them compliments from it. Um, however, you're the one who also made that choice to do it. Choices are important. Yeah. And, and, um, and yeah, that's great. And there's like the pollution in your mind when someone gives you like negative kind of feedback or, you know, voices their opinions, uh, you know, without your consent kind of thing. And, um, and you know, you just allow it to pollute your mind. You really, you know, with the whole mindset here, you really got to, you know, find that filter and really just kind of take that negativity out of there. Um, yeah, yeah, very important. Um, last couple questions, man, before we finish up. It's been a really, really nice chat with you. Really, really fun to, to just have this conversation with you because I feel a lot of the times when we're with each other, um, you know, obviously there's other things going on. We're either at basketball, at a party. So there's just, you know, there's, there's not really a platform for these, for these conversations, this discussion. So, you know, I've enjoyed this very much. Um, and just to finish off here, um, last couple questions. Um, so what motivates you, Courtney? What, 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 what stops you from hitting the snooze button in the morning? What keeps you going? Uh, you know, what makes you do extra reps? What, what's, what's the, what's the motivation? Passion. I mean, passion and love. Like I want, I want my younger siblings, especially to look at me as a role model um and it's with anything they do i just want them to show I, I just want to show them that they can do it anything no matter what it be no matter if it's applying to a job no matter if it's starting a business no matter if it's 
doing a hundred reps of a hundred a hundred push-ups let's say uh, it doesn't matter what I just want them to know that they can do it like someone who grew up like we did can do it no matter what it is um so I guess you could say that's perhaps something to prove maybe that motivates me having something to prove Mm, I like it. I like it. Chip on your shoulder. I like it. Yeah. And the last question I got for you today, bit of a two-part question. One area, just the one, of your mind, uh, of your mindset that everyone should pr- improve on, and then one area of um, of mindset uh, that you uh, want to improve on. So... I would say I've spoken about this before, but self-awareness. So what I mean by self-awareness is understanding yourself, whether that's what's your good, what you're good at, what you like, what you don't like, what drives you, what makes you tick. I think that's something that everyone should um, look at improving, look at working on. Because if you don't know yourself, exactly who are you if you don't know yourself what's the point of knowing anyone else you need to focus on you before you can focus on anyone else you're asking those tough questions to yourself isn't it exactly yeah i've actually i spoke about this um a couple podcasts ago um uh, uh, being self-aware i i couldn't agree more with you yeah please one mindset that i think i want to improve on is is positivity when times go tough. Now, I've had times go tough and I've been positive before. But recently, especially over lockdown, I've found myself slipping into sometimes not like a negative spiral, not as bad as it could be, but being less patient, for example, with people who I'm usually patient with, being less patient with um, young people who require more patience. And I don't like that. I don't like it at all. So that's something that I'm definitely um, changing in terms of my positive mindset, in terms of maybe breathing a bit better. And I think meditation is probably going to help me with it. Meditation just by clearing my head, clearing my mind, and just breathing. So, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. That's great. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a great a great chat. Um, I hope to do this again one day. Really appreciate you taking the time as well. Um, Bro, thank and, you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure, man. It, you, you know, it, it, I thank you, but it's been great. And, um, and yeah, thank you so much. I hope that, you know, people can take a lot. There, there's a lot of interesting and, and um, insightful uh, things that you've mentioned here. A lot of information, very powerful. So I hope that people can take um, some of this back to their own lives. So thank you again. No, 100%. And I know it's, it's a lot what we just spoke about. It's a lot of information and sometimes taking a lot of information is not is not easy, is not yeah. easily digestible. But I hope that some people can take some things and apply it to their daily lives. 
and 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 incrementally, right? Consistent, yeah. Like you said, consistently, just improve, get better. Yeah, hundred percent. But bro, thank you so much for having me on again. Thank you for your time as well. Like it takes two to tango, as they say. So, although I've given up my time, you've given up your time as well, and your time is equally as valuable, man. I appreciate it. The most important currency. Yes, thank you so much, man. Have a good one. And you too. Take care, bro. Thank you once again for listening. If you enjoyed that podcast and got something out of it, please share it with somebody else so they can get something out of it too. And have an amazing day. And I just want to leave you with one last quote from David Ramsey. We buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like.